This show is presented by the 323 Network. You can watch all your favorite 323 friends and shows on the 323 Network YouTube channel. Follow us on all social media platforms at 323read. And support us as we continue to grow at patreon.com slash 323read. That's 323-R-E-I-D. Cowboy fans left here in the cold after the team was iced out of the playoffs by the Packers. And this was a team that many thought would actually make it to a Super Bowl, but they didn't even show up to play. So many fans say they're disgusted and want change. I can't we lost. Y'all ain't nobody else, man. <laughs> disgusted. I am upset. You feel me? I am from Virginia. I flew all the way in today to watch this. I'm sad. Frustrated. We got another Romo on our hands. Choke like a... Disappointed. We need another quarterback, another coach, everything. It don't matter to me. It don't matter. That's how Cowboys fans felt after watching the team implode once again in the playoffs. We need help. We need Jesus. Yeah. Many blaming the coaches. Mike McCarthy losing at home against the Packers. There's a lot. I think legacy gone, man. Like, you won a Super Bowl with the Packers and then... You go take over a new team and you lose at home against that team. Without Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's embarrassing. That's... Others, the quarterback. No more Dak Prescott. ASAP, new quarterback. Dak, get him out of here. Trey Lance, the next stud. Let's go. Let's go, Rangers. And many fans demanding change. 12 and 5, 12 and 5, 12 and 5. Who cares when we lose like this to the freaking Packers who shouldn't even be here? It's disgusting. Let's get a real head coach. And if he can't do it for us, let's get a new quarterback. I'm tired. Fans came from all over and dealt with the cold weather just to watch this mess. We drove far for no reason. Fans say they were fed up and freezing. We're from Florida. We're freezing our ass off. I still here since 10 just to freeze to lose. Not worth it. There was enough blame to go around as the Cowboys suffered one of the most embarrassing losses in the team's playoff history. And now fans are left disappointed once again. At AT&T Stadium, I'm Rebecca Lopez. Back to you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 323. I am your host, Reed Murphy. Not the uh, not the imitators from last week. <laughs> but they're back I anyway. Am your guest, Suhair Ali. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> and that deep voice, Scott Elia, over there. Dad's, dad's back. Dad, dad's back. Home is not alone anymore. <laughs> uh, but... Always appreciate and love you guys. Thank you guys for taking over last week. You guys did really well. You know that? Did you? I don't know if you all listened back to yourselves or watched any of it, but you two were really good. Yeah, I, I listened back to it the a couple of days later in my travels for work, and uh, I told Zoo after we were done. I think that was the best episode of Ricks versus Gricks in the history of the three two three. I I think so too. I think people. I think that's what the people are saying. That's what you got to go with. Good job. What happens when you have a new Rick or Grick <laughs> or whichever one I'm replacing? I mean, technically, last week you all were Rick and the Grick. So. Zwick? The Zwick and the Sick. Oh. Hey. <laughs> I'm down with the Sick. Yes. <laughs> hey, it's a fun week. It's a good week to be back. I mean, any week post Dallas Cowboys playoff loss, not to be a hater or anything, because, and by the way, they took it really hard because then there were Cowboys fans shit talking me 
before I could even say anything. I was like, I'm not even saying anything. They're like, your command is faint. Y'all didn't even make the playoffs. I was like, y'all just played one more game. That's all, that's it. You played one more game than my team. I don't give a shit. Um, seeing you lost so see, much draft space for playing one more game. It's that's it. And so then you see like you know videos like that from WFAA News in Dallas, and then you get the pictures like we have up here in the corner. If you're watching on the three two three network on YouTube, we got the sad Cowboys fans <laughs> all up there. It's something great every year from it. You get these people who are just you know just crying and feeling like shit. And then you have the Packers fans like that one random Packers lady was my favorite part of the video in there. <laughs> just cracking up. She was just, just loving smug laughter, lo- loving life. <laughs> it's like the devil for Dallas. <laughs> I, uh, I still need my fanfare because I was the only one of the four that actually picked the Packers to beat the Cowboys last week in Ricks versus Grix. So I, I need my fanfare, please. Thank you. I said too, that would have been the most likely upset and I didn't go with it. Yeah. Yeah. There were a couple. I look, man, I'm like that, uh, that high school quarterback in that meme. They had us in the first half because <laughs> those first three games, I was real worried. I went 0 and 3. I was like, you know what? This is this has been a rough week. It's been a tough week. Give me something here. I can't, you know. I was like, that's why I'm going 0 for 3. Thank God the Bills, uh, Bucks, they all came in clutch for me, which we need Listen. to talk about the Eagles a little bit later and all that going down to Tampa. I was about to say this is already probably the greatest NFL postseason in history because not only did you have the toxic toxic Dallas Cowboy fans crying, but then you had the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Philadelphia Eagle fans all bitching and moaning this past week, and I'm loving it. And look at you just thriving when you were expecting a four-win season. I know. <laughs> the crazy great. thing is, I think the the Rams and Lions were the only like actual game over the weekend. Everything else was just like huge diff- score differentials mm-hmm. and, and that can happen year to year where it feels like wild card weekend is either going to be like a bunch of like super crazy upsets or you know just really awesome games or they're going to be like some shitty games to me it seems annually divisional the divisional round weekend which we're going into right now is typically what i think is the best weekend in sports and the best weekend in nfl playoffs so Here's hoping that's the case again. Sometimes the championship games can kind of let up a little bit after this, but I mean, at least we, at the very least from wildcard weekend, we got a week of all the Cowboys stress and tears and all that. I mean, shit, even the reporter there, shout out to Rebecca Lopez for just being a savage and just like taking things into her own hands with these like quotes. They didn't even show up to play. So objective journalism right there. (laughs) And, I mean, on top of that, I know you guys talked about the Peacock exclusive game a little bit, and that was a, if you follow follow the show and all the social medias, at 323read, it was one of the best things that we got into right at the start of the week, which was uh, New York sports radio legend Mike Francesa, the Pope, attempting to find Peacock and to watch that game and just the stress he was going through trying to go through all these apps. Then here we are, folks. This is it. This is what the NFL wanted. This is what the NFL paid $110 million for. Me not knowing how to find this game and a bunch of, I'm, I'm guaranteed I'm not the only one now struggling to find how to watch this game. 
what do we got here? We got, because there's so many streaming services, okay, that I have no idea which one I'm supposed to, I know it's called Peacock, okay, but is Peacock part of another subscription, another app? We have Prime, we have something called Crunchyroll with a girl there, I don't know what that <laughs> means. We got AMC Plus, we got Paramount Plus, we have everything, folks, except Football Plus, okay? I mean, the NFL ought to be ashamed. I mean, what do we got here? We got Max, yeah. Stars, we got stars. I don't know what that is. MGM. I mean, this is just an absolute joke. Anything and everything but sports. That is the future of sports. Everything but sports. Oh, it was just so much stress in his voice, so much disappointment in his voice. I mean, the crunchy roll part is the best part. Crunchy roll. <laughs> well, it's like first of all, homeboy needs to clear his throat because it sounded like he's had phlegm just built up there for decades. And this is just a classic oh, boomer mentality. Right. You sound so fucking helpless, and you you try to chirp on how millennials this and millennials that, bro. You know the name of it. There's a you see the search button, and fuck, he has a subscription. He subscribes to things. Don't act like you're clueless. AMC Plus. And if you have that much of a followership, like that's what your video could have been. It's like, yo, someone help me out with this. Well, in my thing, but if you clock it from the time he starts bitching until the end of that video, he could have very well easily searched Peacock, downloaded it, and signed in, and already had the game on. If you just crunchy roll. <laughs> right after we finished that episode last week, too, something rolled up on Twitter. It's like some people actually convincing themselves that spending a hundred dollars at a bar to watch a game makes more sense than the six bucks from a month you have to pay just to watch this. I'm just like. That's kind of the point that I brought up, too. I think that backs it up perfectly. It's Well, and it's like, I know Peacock's not, like, the most popular streaming service that people want, but fuck, I, I, I already have Peacock. It's not any difference to me. Yeah, I already had it. You know, and people should already be used to this, because you get stream, you can stream football, what is it, Monday nights on Hulu or Amazon Prime, Sunday nights on Amazon Prime. So it's like, this There's isn't something that people Prime. aren't already accustomed to. Yeah. It's like, you're just bitching to bitch. I don't know what that is. And if you did get Peacock just to watch the game and need to make some value out of it, go watch the Continental because that's just incredible. I want to know if he downloaded Crunchyroll. He totally did. Crunchyroll. What he would be the up on Jujutsu Kaisen so they could listen to Animation Deliberation? Episode. Oh God! <laughs> I was gonna say, what do you think? What do you think Mike Francesa's top five shows on Crunchyroll are? I don't know, but I hope that it was like one of the fan service ones. Like him just accidentally hitting that and just like, oh no. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> Could you imagine him starting Konosuba or something? That'd be hilarious. Oh my god. No. <laughs> you talk about us needing to clear our throats, Scott. Oh my god. We talk about <laughs> him clearing his throat. <laughs> Why are we all coughing? <laughs> Oh, but it's been a fun week. It's been plenty uh, plenty going on throughout sports, throughout especially football. And I think it's time to get into a lot of these, and especially with this past wildcard weekend. And we talked already about, we've got, we've dove into the Cowboys. And I think there's still plenty to talk about, especially with the, you know, all the Mike McCarthy talk of this past week. And his job is safe. 
Cowboys owner Jerry Jones announced it last night on Wednesday night saying that Mike McCarthy would be back. And I think it's a interesting discussion and one that I've been having with Cowboys fans this week as to why you bring Mike McCarthy back and why it's kind of hard to get rid of him. But I also want to talk about all of the losing teams from this past weekend and you guys' thoughts on them and what can be done to improve for next year. Like what of these losing teams has the best shot at returning next season and actually making up some ground. We had the Cowboys lose. We had the Rams lose. We had the Browns lose. Steelers lost. Dolphins lost. And the Philadelphia Eagles, of course, on Monday night to Scott's Tampa Bay Bucks, They lost. But I'll start right here with the Cowboys and following up on that news of them, you know, keeping Mike McCarthy, much to fan disappointment. Fans, as you heard in that video, wanted Mike McCarthy gone. They want Dak Prescott gone, which I think is even tougher and more outlandish thing. It's Romo 2.0 all over again of underappreciation. But what I was trying to tell a couple Cowboys fan friends here who wanted Mike McCarthy gone, you have to start the question. Yes, this is a great year of coaching free agency, right? Bill Belichick is out there. Jim Harbaugh's out there. Proven guys who can go out there and lead you to championships. But you can't fire somebody who got you a 12-win season again, like Mike McCarthy has. As, and and I'm, not, I'm not a Mike McCarthy fan. I think that he is, in, I think he is an underachiever. I think he makes terrible decisions every now and then. But he will get you into the playoffs, into a high seed, 12 wins, and shit the bed right there in the first weekend. But how do you fire somebody? that you know is going to get you at this point, it's proven he's going to get you at least 10 or 11 wins a season. And you can't do it unless you know that you're going to get a Bill Belichick or a Jim Harbaugh type. Jerry Jones is a meddlesome owner. He is somebody that says he wants to win at all costs, but he's obviously been lying about that because he doesn't want to give up power. That is the issue with Jimmy Johnson in the past, where they're butting heads over the power structure, who's getting the credit here. And when you see the people that Jer that Jerry's hired, Jason Garrett was literally a ventriloquist dummy sitting on Jerry's lap for 10 years, had his hand up, right? You say it like that, I got, his, I got Jerry's hand right up his ass. It's just doing all the talk. Jerry's doing weekly radio shows. You don't see any owners doing this kind of thing outside of Jim Irsay doing, you know, some type of bars where he's doing band appearances. But you're not going to get Bill Belichick to do the same things that Mike McCarthy and Jason Garrett have done for you. You're not going to get Jim Harbaugh to do that. That's not their personality types. That's not their coaching philosophies. They want some type of organizational power and roster control on that team that they're going to be coaching. Jerry as desperate as he says he is, is not going to be that desperate. He's not going to give up that power. And, I mean, honestly, for Cowboys fans, I don't see any hope for that team in escaping that kind of thing until the Crypt Keeper is actually in the Crypt and Steven, his son, takes over that team and you have Will McClay running the full roster control and all of that. They have a capable front office. They have capable talent. It's mind-numbing to see them just waste it like this, but I guess you just have to hope 
at that point, if you're not going to get Jim Harbaugh, you're not going to get Bill Belichick, it's kind of a risk to take a chance on like a first-year head coach at that point, like Ben Johnson or Slowick, who these guys, everybody that's very coveted. You got to just roll it with Mike McCarthy and Dak again and hope that that talent can actually bubble up together. As you can't really blame injuries this season outside of Trayvon Diggs. Leighton Vander Esch went down, but he always does. The defense was still performing at a high level. I don't know what they're going to do with Dan Quinn. But altogether, the Cowboys, I thought, even with what happened with Philly, we kind of prepared for it. I thought the Dallas Cowboys lost that week. As good as the Packers are, they're impressive, they're fun. That is still the most disappointing loss of the weekend and the playoffs so far to me. So I'll be curious to see what their future looks like. But honestly, it's just going to be the same thing next season. I don't see how it's not. You might add a couple cool pieces that makes, you know, maybe bring you up to 13 wins. Maybe you'll get the you know the the bye week there in the playoffs that's all you can hope for but I still don't see anything changing I don't know what you guys took from wild card weekend or what you think about the losers but Scott I'll let you go ahead and kick it off yeah no and to reiterate the whole cowboy situation I don't think you're gonna see it improve at all until he's gone as in the crypt keeper himself Jerry Jones um because you gotta think about even not even just Jason Garrett but it, there's been a revolving door of, of head coaches that only get like a three-year pass. I mean, Wade Phillips was there for about three years. He got them two NFC East championships, a couple playoff bursts. You had the Hall of Fame coach, Bill Parcells, were there for about three years. Same thing, like two or three playoff bursts. But you have Mike McCarthy, who's now has three straight 12-5 and five seasons. The best thing to, to kind of think about is a these Dallas Cowboy fans are the most reactive fans I think in all of sports. You have to take a seat, take a seat, let logic kind of run its course. If you were to let go of Mike McCarthy, if you were to let go of Dak Prescott, how fast do you think another team's calling them to get them on their team? You know, like, and if you if you know that without a shadow of a doubt that another team would grab them as quickly as they can, then you have something. You're not going to be able. You're not going to win every year. It's sometimes this is what happens, and you know, we just got to readjust. I think the biggest problem that Green Bay kind of exposed there in Dallas is their rushing defense. I think they got to add a couple pieces on the, on the defensive line, maybe in the interior. You have plenty of weapons on offense with Tony Pollard and Dak and CD and other wide receivers they have, but I think that's their biggest issue is on that defensive front, and then Jerry Jones. And I agree with you on the uh, you know the run defense there, and that was something that they did try to address midseason when uh, Shaquille Leonard, formerly Darius Leonard, uh, appeared in free agency, and they made a push for him. He wound up going to Philly. I mean, obviously, didn't really help that much from <laughs> from what you see, but they do need to improve in some places there. Zoo, what did you catch from this weekend? Uh, for that team specifically, I actually made the comparison that they're basically the NFC's version of the Bills, where they they do have the coaching talent, they do have the offensive weapons, the defensive weapons, they do really great throughout the season, they play fantastic at home, they have a very loyal fan base, but just something about the playoffs, you just can't get it together. Um, I don't think I really have too much more to add. I mean, they're just, they're not ready for a rebuild, I'm I don't know what their contract situation is like right now, but you know, they could, they are a couple of pieces away from just staying competitive. But on top of that, it's just kind of like the NFL is tough to win in. 
and the playoffs especially are tough to win in. So I hate to say that I think that they have a good thing going and great resources and um, a competitive future, but sometimes it just doesn't work out. Uh, in regards to other games that we had, uh, like I mentioned, I think the Rams and Lions was kind of like the only actual game that we had, right? Everything else was just so bad of a shutout and so big. Like, to see quarterbacks actually get benched just to rest them so much this weekend was quite wild. Uh, so that was a good, that was a really good game. Um, I thought the Rams were going to sneak one in. I wanted the Lions to win, but that was one where I just kind of like listened to my uh, head over my heart and it didn't work out. Uh, great for the Lions. I just literally the only reason I want them to lose is so that we can interview Ben Johnson sooner. Um, good for the Packers. Like, I don't think I'd actually like watched many Packers games. So the fact that they're off to such a great start, like hats off to Lafleur for getting all these young guys going. Uh Great job with the Bucks. Those Eagles injuries were just something else. It's I, I feel a little bit more bad for them because they just didn't have their arsenal and they've just been faltering and they can't get their defense together. Uh, it's still really funny because just getting Adam Peters on a Friday, seeing the Cowboys lose on Saturday, Eagles lose on Sunday, and then having the Adam Peters press conference on Monday, it was just a great four-day streak. What else do we have? Steelers, yeah, I didn't expect much from them anyways. That was just... Sad. Sorry, Mason Rudolph. Uh, Dolphins, I had them going to the Super Bowl, but I wasn't surprised the Chiefs won. That cold was just something else. and there was... I, I got to give more credit to the Chiefs defense. They're, they're very impressive to watch. And that Flacco magic definitely flamed out. Uh, and again, just hats off to how well the the Texans are doing for being such a young team. I, I, I agree with you quite a bit on the Dolphins Chiefs game. I don't want to take anything away from the Chiefs. That Chiefs defense is really incredible this season. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be an issue for Buffalo this week. I think that cold certainly helped them. And the Dolphins did not seem as ready as they could have been for that cold. Tua, it's a little concerning how he plays in this weather. Like I know he's from, you know, Hawaii kid, went to Bama and all but it's a it's kind of concerning at this point that he can't seem to play in cold weather like they need the Miami they require home field advantage it sucks for them that they had doing jujitsu in the cold (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna be a great Cobra Kai season it's just him getting prepared with somebody (laughs) they don't speak into existence please he just (laughs) he he needs the warm weather the Dolphins need that warm weather (laughs) and AMC plus they oh need. dear god! <laughs> um, you brought up the Steelers. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't take so much as sadness away from the Steelers on that. It was expected. I, it was expected, but I think they honestly played a little bit better than expected in my eyes, at least. They the fact that they kept it competitive for a good chunk of the game was a little impressive, especially without T.J. Watt in that game. Like they just they they need a quarterback so badly Mm -hmm. they need somebody as a game changer in there i don't they're not the type to go out in free agency and pick up like a Kirk cousins but i think he would be so so beneficial to them especially with tomlin coming back for another year and they're looking at outside help according to him at offensive coordinator they want somebody with experience (laughs) be enemy i don't know 
Uh, um, that the Browns, like you said, Flacco magic just kind of wore off. Don't know what their future really is, especially with Deshaun Watson. You're stuck with him. You can't you can't get rid of him. So I, you just have to hope and pray he improves. Uh, I don't personally. Eagles, all those injuries. Again, it was expected on our part. People on TikTok thought we were crazy to all go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You look at it. The injuries were down. The momentum was a complete downward shift. They had to go break into the arsenal and get Big Dom on the sideline just to try and get any type of momentum. Didn't happen for them. Uh, Jalen Hurts needs some better help on you know with offensive coordinator. Of course, it's a big deal when you don't have AJ Brown. That's a big that's a big plus for the Bucks for going into that game. But man, Baker tore them up. Um, and that Rams Lions game, that was a that was a it was fun for the Lions. I was happy for them. You know, Cinderella team that you're rooting for. But that game was a little more ill will, a little more bad will than mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be. Like. And, you know, they asked Matt Stafford after the game, like, hey, you happy for the people of Detroit? He was like, I'm happy for the players. <laughs> he got booed really heavily at the start of the game. Didn't really think he was going to. It seemed like Lions fans have been happy for him for a while. His so wife had to, like, come out and be like, we're very disappointed in you guys. Yeah, they booed his oh, kids. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What's worse, booing? What's worse, booing somebody's kids or booing the widow of a former GM, like the Chicago Bulls fans did to their Ooh, former GM? That, <laughs> we all know where I stand on on children just being on the limelight. You boo them. You got to build their thick skin. I think booing the poor widow on the on the court is just that's just bad. A bad look. Yeah, I'd have to go with the widow. I think if you're just an NFL player's kid. You're exposed to that kind of stuff a lot and just get used to it. Um, Drew, Drew, Brees, Drew the, Brees' kids would have been handled that well. Did you see the good morning football thing about, like, uh, how does Matt Stafford feel that after getting traded and the Lions doing better, like having to always think about he's the problem in Detroit? Like, he was the <laughs> issue there. I was like, ooh. That's, hey, that's Matthew Stafford still has something that Detroit doesn't have, and that's a Super Bowl win, so. Yeah. It's okay. You don't care about no booze. But Reed, you bring up a point like of, of the six losers, like who's going to probably return back next year? And I think it's pretty clear between the Cowboys, the Dolphins, and the Eagles, they have the most pieces like they're going to retain. But, you know, the Cowboys, they need to figure out that rush defense. The Dolphins, I feel like they just need to address that offensive line and just keep trying to protect Tua as much as they possibly can. And then the Eagles, I mean, you can see how exposed that Baker made their secondary at that point. Like they need some secondary help desperately in philadelphia they really do Emmanuel forbes hey you got cam curl coming off he they poach him from you guys don't Stop. don't do that to zoo Stop. <laughs> that's the biggest Stop. move i have for the commanders right now like retaining cameron curl like yes don't let him, him go. and cause me need a contract like now so honestly the rams what do you think about the rams because I was surprised that they even made it, and I and I feel like I mean Zoo's giving them a thumbs up, but nice. <laughs> I I'm surprised that they even made the playoffs, and I feel like that was just off of the will of Sean McVay and coaching, and you know that scheme that makes one Puka Nakua blow up more than a uh, you know our Cooper Cup. It's a cup. And <laughs> I'm curious what pieces they would need to improve 
and actually continue to make the playoffs next year and actually get out of this wild card round or are they just going to be a perennial wild card team from now on what would you say their problem is because i can't even put my finger on it like is it some people just need to retire or do they need a full reboot like to me it's just eight i think i think it's that i think it's the retirement they're they're aging out they put all their pieces in originally even for that super bowl on aging players with you know they already have andrew whitworth retired aaron donald's been threatening retirement for you know a couple years now and honest as still dominant as he is he took a step back they they've just always to me needed some help when it comes to like pass rush and shoring up their d-line if they could do that it seems like everything else is pretty you know pretty well competitive and matt stafford that dude can still fucking play dude Mm -hmm. dude was hurling the ball down the field and great plays and now he's got somebody to really bring some youthful energy out in him like uh puka nakua and yeah. kyron williams kyron williams is a dog he really just has to stay healthy throughout the season stafford that's the key i was gonna say if you actually look at the edge rushers who are gonna be coming off this year for free agency i mean you have brian burns sitting there you don't think brian burns is an immediate impact player or hell Davian Clowney. i mean he's gonna be out there i know he's a little older but he's almost had like a resurgence in Baltimore this year. And I don't think he's going to be retained there. I don't think he's really stayed anywhere more than a year or two ever since he left uh, uh, Cleveland. But then you have like Daniel Hunter from Minnesota. Like he's coming out. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe. Chase Young's going to be up for bid. I mean, there's plenty of edge help, but I think that's their biggest thing is that pass rush. Rams would be an interesting place for Chase Young to try and get a resurgence. I would be curious to see, especially if they retain Raheem Morris as their defensive coordinator. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, we brought up injuries, so we're talking about injuries, and that segues me to a team that was heavily injured in the Philadelphia Eagles. It's expected that they're going to keep Nick Sirianni as their head coach. We talked about this a couple weeks ago about the hot seat for him and all the issues with coaching. It looks like they're having the exact meeting that we talked about of, hey, what are we going to do to improve? And now Howie Roseman is working with them on you know figuring out coordinators for next year. You set yourself to shit the bed when you put Matt Patricia, the man who keeps a pencil in his ear while holding a laminated sheet of paper that you'll never use that pencil on. You put him at defensive coordinator to run your team in the middle of the uh, middle of the season out of nowhere, shocked everybody. And their offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson, he's getting a lot of head coaching interviews, but to me, the offense took a serious step back just in terms of play calling. So... I don't know what Philly does there when it comes to coaching, but do you think it's a good move, Zoo, to keep Nick Sirianni as the head coach? I don't think it's a bad move because you've done nothing but get better since he got here. Like, even the way the season started, I think it was just the the injuries and the bad defensive calling just played them. I don't think they realized how good they actually like i i I get a lot of people wanted gannon gone but now you're seeing like how much of an impact he actually did have with the pieces that he had i think it just comes down to just prioritizing what you're actually lacking in defense when it comes down to the draft and the early picks yeah it's it's the same conversation that we just had with dallas like do you think if you let nick sirianni go that's not gonna be another team trying to snatch him up as quickly as you can like, it's another reactive kind of statement. Like, 
leave him alone. He is his third year um, at the helm in Philadelphia. His first year was nine and eight, then 14 and three. They went to the Super Bowl. And then this year, 11 and six. I mean, you honestly can probably put their, the wheels coming off at the end of the year, probably on Matt Patricia, because I mean, out of the last six games, they went one and one and five. You know, and especially if you're if you're on a one in five skid going into the playoffs, like your team's already it was already floundering. Like you shouldn't have had expectations that you're being going to come out with the injuries on top of it, beating the bricks off of anybody in the playoffs. Nick Sirianni isn't the problem. The toxic fan bases are the problem. Just like in Dallas, we're seeing it here in Philly. They hey, need to be quiet. Don't talk about our uh, don't talk about our guy like that. That's all. <laughs> but it's like, then you see all this shit going on with Jalen Hurts about wanting to get rid of him. Okay, aside from Kirk Cousins, do you know who's all going to be out for free agent this year? Ryan Tannehill, Jacoby, Tyrod, Mar- you got Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston. You want Jameis Winston under center? Or would you rather have Jalen Hurts? Well, I would rather have Jalen Hurts, but Jameis Winston's a fun. We've talked about that. That's a fun. <laughs> that's a fun guy to have. He's a fun. He's a fun guy to have around there. Thank you. He would love to do the tush push. Bring Carson Wentz back. <laughs> He's, he, I'm no, sure I think he's he happy a in job. LA. <laughs> Didn't we get a little Carson Wentz appearance at, uh, during that wild card game? Yeah, ah, that's not as fun. I think it was no, a it's... concussion check for Stafford. Yes. He yeah. he definitely got smashed. I don't know what the hell the concussion protocol was doing right there, but he that seemed like a concussion there. I've seen the movie. Oh, he, his hand started doing the Tua. Like hand signals, it just Could didn't know what was going damage, on. Though. That's the hot new summer dance of 2024. Do the tua, do the tua. <laughs> I can't do it, I'm not getting canceled. <laughs> I already did, it's okay. <laughs> Last year, I definitely did the Jason Kelsey a lot. Oh, oh. I just want to rock in the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, shout out to Jason Kelsey, he's retiring. So that he retracted his statement. He walked it back. He said he's still thinking about it. Oh, you know why he's thinking about it? It's because Adam Schefter beat him to it. He wanted to announce it on New Heights. So now he's, (laughs) which by the way, was one of the funniest clips of Travis Kelsey going full little brother on Jason as Jason Kelsey's trying to explain what was going, you know, the issues with the Eagles and that loss to the Bucks and Travis just coming in like a train going choo, 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 choo. Sounds like the excuse train. Pissed him right <laughs> off. Pissed him right off. He had to stop the show. They had to record the next day. <laughs> but look, talking about the Eagles and that loss, that was a game where Monday Night Football, they are getting their ass beat so badly that it somehow reignited beef between RG3, Robert Griffin III, and former Washington coach Jay Gruden which is already a weird thing. And it brings about, I don't even really want to talk about so much what RG3 was going on and on about. Jay Gruden just tweeted out saying, uh, it was something about, well, you know what? Actually, let's just go ahead. We'll just, I'll save myself. I'll find the tweet and I'll save myself some time by doing the actual, you know, the segment that we love. Trust punts to the sky. Durant gets twice as high. Let's take a look in the Chromebook. Reads Reading Rainbow. I can 
trade rumors to know, top fives to grow, reads Reading Rainbow. I don't know if we have licensing for this theme song. Let's take a look in the finance book. Reads Reading Rainbow. Reads Reading Rainbow. Reads Reading Rainbow. Reading with a I, like R-E-I-D. Reading Rainbow. Get it? Like my name. Okay. So I found the X post, and now I can read it to you of Jay Gruden on Monday night. I guess he was just bored during this whole thing, and he put out, if I ever put a quarterback through what Philly is putting Jalen through, I apologize. Pick up a blitz. RG3 responded with a say what? And put up a picture, a meme of his of himself in here, which is just like, that's, that's classic RG3. This is a guy who had a statue of himself made by Subway. It was made all of meat. And... Just throughout the night, they're all beefing, for whatever reason, former Washington legend Brian Mitchell jumps in to also defend RG3, which then Washington fans jump in to shit on Brian Mitchell, saying, why are you even in this? Jay Gruden had a great retort, calling him, I saying to him, IR punt returner, shut up. <laughs> and then jay just went silent for the rest of the night let rg3 do all of his social media posting which he did all over instagram he's repurposing it for content and jay gruden just responds sweetly like the next morning saying robert i apologize if you weren't didn't feel prepared enough we didn't have the right coaching staff that's on me obviously it was an incredible incredible deep dig by jay because he had a coaching staff that's, you know, we all, everybody brings up every single year, Sean McVay, Kyle Shannon, or not Kyle Shanahan, not at the time, but still Sean McVay, the LaFleurs, the Bobby Slow, like all these guys who wound up becoming head coaches. Nobody could prepare RG3. Nobody could get through to RG3 on a lot of things. So that's the conversation I want to have, Zoo, about RG3, because we talked about him somewhat recently and how, you know, he's, really killing it on broadcast and killing it on social media. And since then, in my view, it looks like he's doing a speed run of how to become like unlikable on social media and as a broadcaster and just doing way too much and doing a lot of weird posts really fast, even jumping in on the Stephen A. Smith calling Jason Whitlock a bitch stuff. And I don't even know why I, don't, I would never even see him interact with either of them. So, Zoo, what do you think about RG3 in this situation? Who do you think was right in this beef between him and Jay Gruden? Do you think RG3 has a weird complex at all? Yeah, the way that he, like, he got on threads to talk about something that was just, like, totally, like, there was something on threads that was, like, he hadn't posted that anywhere else. Uh, <laughs> so, it's like, I love the dude, and he's a great commentator and stuff, but it's like, he can just get really cringy at times. <clears throat> I did love his response, like the initial response to uh, Jay saying, it's like, if I ever did this to a quarterback, I'm sorry. When he just had the picture with his glasses down saying, excuse me. Like, it should have just been done after that. Like, we know that, you know, Dre Jay likes to watch these games at a bar. And, you know, he's been off of Twitter for a while. And when he's on, he can get a little spicy. So, it's like, dude, you're a grown man. Like, just 
no when to back off. I don't know why Brian Mitchell got on that either. I thought it was past his bedtime. <laughs> um, so it was, it was just a lot of weird stuff. I th- I think RG three is a great entertainer, but um, the way that he pitches himself as a quarterback and tries to have a say on everything like your podcast is good dude like just do the interviews let the people talk you don't have to bring your own stories into everything when it's just totally irrelevant like i don't it's tough to just say move on because i'm sure it's like when you live your whole life like wanting to be a football player and then you see like somebody draft in the same class as you still playing and not being able to do that like that's got to be rough i can't relate to that at all but as an entertainer like just be grateful for what you have and just make the most out of that just, just grow, grow up just a little bit just a little bit see to me the first thing i have is rg3 to me is he what his current status as a broadcaster and social media content creator is like if russell wilson was trying to impersonate shannon sharp and everything that he's doing right now with club shasha Oh, RG3, right. he comes off so really cringy, like you said, Zoo. But, Scott, I don't know if you see it, have seen it this way of RG3 kind of trying to find different avenues and different ways to put... And I get it, I, I, like Zoo said, it's hard when you have all this legend and you win the Heisman and you're this college phenom you go number two overall in the draft and you have a phenomenal rookie season and then it just goes downhill fast not even in the league anymore when you have like joe flacco at 39 still playing and it's hard to let that go it's hard to actually come to grips with it but there were a lot of things even during his time in washington where he had arguments about wearing the the wrist the wristband for play calling he didn't he never seemed to be able to learn how to slide like he was like Josh Allen where he wants to take hits but he doesn't have the body to take hits and unlike Russell Wilson coming out of the same class who can just keep himself from getting hit hard whatsoever Griffin never seemed to want to do that he wanted the big play and to be the big star like he was in his rookie year and since then to me it's come off like he's tried to find a way to blame everybody else try to blame the Shanahan's for not believing in him and not wanting him in the first place and not doing things to build around him or to blame Jay Gruden for, I guess, just being a dickwad and an asshole to him and all this and wanting Kirk Cousins instead of him when it kind of showed Kirk was the better quarterback at the time. I haven't necessarily seen him throw shade towards Kirk yet, but I mean, that could be coming at some point. I don't know. What are your, I don't know what your views are on all of this, Scott. Yeah, he he's kind of like that quintessential, like he peaked way too early than what he wanted to. Like he's just a bright shining star that fizzled out. He got the you know offensive rookie of the year in 2012 when he was at rookie quarterback, you know, threw 20 touchdowns and five picks, went to the playoffs, um, eventually got hurt. And you all saw what happened there in, in Washington after that knee injury. But I mean, you got to look at his sophomore year too. I mean, he went he threw 16 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. It's not anything crazy and at the end of the day it's like yeah he got outplayed by kirk and i think that's one thing that he's kind of bitter about is that he did go number two overall and he got outplayed by what was kirk round four yeah and like he just was just there 
Um, and it, it's just always a lot of finger pointing. And one thing that I was always raised on is whenever you're pointing a finger, you always have three fingers pointing right back at you. And it's like the the lack of personal accountability that he shows. I did it too. It, <laughs> you're welcome. Crazy. You're welcome. <laughs> It's just, it, 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 I think he's just leeching on to anything. He he sees the success that like like Shannon Sharp has and Stephen A. Smith have, and he's just trying to just photocopy and do what other people are doing and try to build success off of that rather than trying to find his own avenue and his own voice and just staying true to himself. He's just trying to leech on other people's success, and it's just very annoying. Maybe. It just comes off disingenuous. It just doesn't come off authentic. Like Shannon Sharp, when you saw that Cat Williams and Shannon Sharp interview, like there was nothing fake about that. You felt like that was a true interview. And even Stephen A. Smith with his trolling and his his flair and his showmanship, there's something genuine behind that. When RG3 goes out there, it just seems so fake. And like you just you can read it from a mile away. When RG3 starts doing content like we've been seeing lately from Stephen A. Smith on his uh, independent podcast talking about Latina women and how they drive him crazy or, you know, go uh, nightcap <laughs> with Unk and Ocho, Shannon Sharp talking about the ooey and how he's uh, he's Mr. T&B touching bus. When RG3 starts doing content and sex content like that, maybe we need to do that to drive up stuff. We'll talk about the ooey and all of that. But if RG3 starts doing that, might have something i'd be i'd be curious for that level of cringe could just flare out oh. at that point though just like his knee <laughs> <laughs> is that my mom <laughs> let's get into uh let's get into the divisional round and get some ricks versus gricks okay life death time space Forget everything you think you know. Put your money on the line. It's time for Ricks versus Gricks. Gricks? That's right. Ricks versus Gricks. Reed's picks versus Griffin's picks. That's what it used to be. That's what the Grick was. The Grick then just became a symbol of excellent sports betting and you know great nfl and nba picks but griffin's been lost in space so i mean he's right behind us as you see as we transform into this grick level atmosphere oh my gosh you can see his shining teeth back there i think he lost his space service he hasn't stopped me in a while yeah it's i mean he's right there behind scott so you never know (laughs) um the Grick, though, we let it just, you know, transform into somebody new. And whoever did the best this year in regular season picking could then become the Grick. And I'm happy. I know you all went over it last week and you had trouble with the fanfare for it. But I'm happy to give you fanfare right now and congratulate you to your face. Zahir Ali, the regular season Grick. Ricks versus Grick's winner. Congratulations, buddy. That was... Yeah, sleep deprived. I want something. Sleep deprived zoo helped you a hell of a lot at the start. Sure. No, nah, I'm convinced he has some genie lamp over there that he was rubbing to get those picks. <laughs> but you didn't want to do the tua. You didn't want to get canceled doing the tua. Did huh? you? Oh yeah, there he is. Yeah, I found Damn it. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, look. Last week, 
interesting week. We started fresh. You guys voted to start this all fresh. What is that, Zoo? What did what did you just spray? Compressed air. Compressed oh, air. Okay. All right. That works. <laughs> Look to get a postseason grick in here. Starting out competitive, Scott. He is the leader of the pack right now. He went four and two last week in his picks. Zoo and I, we both went three and three. Luis went two and four, but I mean, hey, it's just one week down. It's only four games this week. He got called out on social media too. He did. My God, he took (laughs) some hate on TikTok. Holy shit, everybody went for him. They called him moron. One of the posts got flagged. It was crazy. (laughs) We'll see what happens this week. This week, though. Let's start out with the uh, first of the Saturday games. We have the Houston Texans, C.J. Stroud, Scott's MVP. They are 10-7. They are at the Baltimore Ravens, who are 12-5. Baltimore is an eight-point favorite coming off of their uh, you know, their earned bye week. Scott, who are you going to take in this game? Um, I've been going back and forth on this game all day i think it's going to be a lot closer than people think um i know mark andrews is still kind of up in the air if he's even going to be returning to play there in baltimore this is a rematch from week one where we saw the ravens beating the texans 25 to 9 but this is a definite definitely a different houston texans team and something is telling me to go with the texans i don't know what it is i just have this feeling that something's going to happen in baltimore it's gonna be an upset but we all know i like my conspiracy theories more and that logo is still purple, and there's only one purple team left in the playoffs. So that's the Ravens. So give me the Ravens. They're going. Ravens for conspiracy. Zoo, who do you want here? Oh, man, I'm in the same boat. I really want to take the Texans. They're an exciting team. They're a young team. I I didn't think they were going to make it this far, but it's just so intriguing, especially like the, when the Ravens get their – bye week like they just get lazy but i feel like they just have a little more spunk to them and i'm just gonna go with the ravens zoo is taking spunk there um i am also going to roll with you but questionably here where i do want to take the texans too especially after i saw the ravens injury report we don't know about mark andrews marlon humphrey their you know their perennial pro bowl corner he is out. He's already going to be listed as out for the game. C.J. Stroud, Nico Collins, that connection is crazy. Honestly, if they still had their guys like Tank Dell healthy in this game, I think that would be just enough of a push. Their young defense is crazy. I'm just not gutsy enough to take them right now. Baltimore's who I picked as a Super Bowl team, too. I like the conspiracy theory. Everything is really purple with the Super Bowl. All the Super Bowl logo stuff is like really heavy on the purple. So I am also going to stick with the Baltimore Ravens on this one. Maybe maybe Luis will break our curse here. But honestly, our curse has been fine. Tampa, Tampa killed it. Raiders killed it the week before. So I think we're all right. Next game up, the Green Bay Packers, who are 9-8. and eight, They are at the San Francisco 49ers, who are 12-5. and five. San Francisco is also an eight-point favorite in this game, also coming off of their first round bye. Scott, who do you want in this one? Oh, yeah, this is another one. You know, you have the Niners, who are arguably the best all-around team in the NFL, but there's something magical going on up there in Green Bay, and I'm going to have to hop on the love train, man. I'm going to go with Green Bay. 
Because even though the other color in that logo is red, this is not the red team going to the Super Bowl. Interesting. Okay. Zoo? I had to look at the rest of the teams to be like, who could you possibly be talking about? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, God. Yeah, I'm going with the 49ers on this one. Oh, my God. I just thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know what? I'm. This is the red team that I am taking. I think I have to go with the 49ers on this one. Healthy Christian McCaffrey is back. Uh, they said he was a full go in practice this week. Packers, I do. This is a game that I sat on all day to pick. I think the Packers are going to give them a fight. And this is, uh, Zoo sent a post from somewhere on X that was detailing about, you know, how similar this Packers team is to their Super Bowl run team from some years back, back when Rodgers was leading that. And while he pulls that up, I just, I think that there's some magic there. It pisses me off that it's like three decades where they go straight just without, without Peyton Manning level injury. You know, they go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, now to Jordan Love, who was really, really fun. I still don't think it's going to be enough, but they're going to be fun in the future. Give me the 49ers in this one. Zoo, I don't, do you have that stat lined up? Yeah, so it's time for reading Zubos. Um, the Packers became the first number seven seed to win a playoff game since the NFL expanded the playoffs to 14 teams in 2020. The last team to be the lowest seed in their conference and win the Super Bowl, the 2010 Packers with the Super Bowl MVP Aaron Rodgers. Mike McCarthy was in his fifth season as the Packers head coach in 2010. They had traded their MVP quarterback, Brett Favre, who won Super Bowl with a different coach to the Jets. McCarthy went on to win the Super Bowl with their first-round pick quarterback, Rodgers. Matt LaFleur, in his fifth season as the Packers head coach in 2023, they traded their MVP quarterback, Rodgers, who won a Super Bowl (laughs) with a different coach to the Jets. LaFleur and their first-round pick quarterback, Blow, playing the divisional round this weekend. There you go, folks. Hey, you can either go conspiracies, you can go with fate, whatever you want. And that was on the NFL's, like, official Twitter. What poor intern scrambled to get that information? Right. Someone who was about to get fired for something else, so he had to just come up with something. Oh, next game up we have Sunday. We have the, not the, Scott's Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are 9-8. and eight. They are at the New Scott. America's team. Detroit Lions, who are 12 and 5. Detroit is a six and a half point favorite at home. Scott, should I even bother asking you who you want here? Uh, if you want. Uh, but like I said, the, the other color in that Super Bowl logo is red. There are only two red teams on the NFC, and that is the Niners and the Bucks. The Niners are going to be losing this weekend against the Packers, which leaves the Buccaneers, who are going to be winning on the road in Detroit. That, that Detroit defense, they can hemorrhage points. I, they're towards the bottom of the list as far as points on the board. I mean, they just, what, they gave up 23 to the Rams? Yeah. I mean, it's doable. Zoo? I think it is doable, but I also think that Aiden Hutchinson is just salivating in the fact that Baker's really hurting with his ribs and ankle right now. So they're going to be bringing a lot of pressure with that D-line, and I think that's really going to mess with productivity. So I'm going with the Lions. Thank you. Correction, comeback player of the year, award-winning Baker Mayfield. Yeah, that. He really should win comeback player of the year. Like, I know, like, I, I know. I was th- so happy for him. Like, I, I felt like I'd been a Bucks fan 
the, all this time when I was just kind of watching all the post stuff after the game. Like I was just so happy for like how well he was playing and the situation that he's in, and just good for him. I kind of feel bad for how upset I'll be if Demar Hamlin wins comeback player of the year. I mean, he did die for like a minute, but like this Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield died for all of Cleveland and Carolina since. Like he's been dead for like a year and a half. So, you know, give him some credit here. Uh, um, I felt bad when I was watching the Bills game. I saw DeMar like come up from the side to like high five somebody. I was like, oh, he's playing. <laughs> he's tagging it. Um, it's not how you're supposed to feel about a comeback player. It's like, holy shit, man. He's like doing stuff. He had two. He had two tackles this year. He didn't even fucking play. Yes, he he came back from the pearly gates. But come on, <laughs> at that point, then what's the reward for at that point? How can you oh one up somebody dying? Like I said, Baker just Baker's Baker's been dead for a year and a half. He There's came back. Needs to be called the Alex Smith Ward. Yes. Now, this game, I want to continue on the baker train i think it's going to be a fun game i think it will once again be the fun uh game of the week involving the lions but i am going to once again i'm i'm gonna take the detroit lions they saved me last week gave me some momentum so i'm rolling with detroit here i think this will end a you know pretty fun buck season but hey shit good for todd bowles todd bowles getting the playoff win that's you know that's gonna now you're stuck with him for a couple of years, Scott. He's all yours now. <laughs> you could have a lot worse. We've Got already talked, touched on like who the free agents are going to be. They they're really not in a good draft spot this year, anyways. You might as well just give him a couple years. He's still young. He's only like what 27, 28? Who, give Todd? him his contract. Oh, I was talking about Todd Bowles. Oh, that's fine. Whatever. Same thing. We can't get anybody a head coach in there. Todd Bowles is not 27 or 28. Did you guys see that long-winded interview question about how to deal with the cold yes. when playing in Detroit? <laughs> and they played in a dome for the past, like, 50 years. <laughs> she, she, it took her, like, 30 seconds to ask that question. You see poor Todd Bowles, like, biting his lip. He was like, no, they play in torture. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then I tried, like, even more. It's just like, yeah, Really haven't had to prepare for that? Not too worried about the cold, <laughs> except for the time it takes to get <laughs> It's just everybody in the NFC rooting against Green Bay at this point. Nobody wants Green Bay to make it. Well, I mean, even at that point, they'd be they'd still be on the road. So, uh, fuck it. We could have a Green Bay-Detroit NFC Championship game, and I would jump off a bridge. We could have, we could have what I'd call the Deshaun Watson Bowl in the Super Bowl of getting the Houston Texans against Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So this is not necessarily a, you know, not necessarily a Deshaun Watson bowl, but it's absolute pain for the Cleveland Browns now having to watch. And that, that, that game, I would love a simulcast of just Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson and Jimmy Haslam sitting and watching this game together. <laughs> no, he'll be at some massage fans. parlor. Those Browns fans that were just looking at all the Texans players that they got because of that trade, they were just like, why did we make this? It's like, you guys were like ecstatic over this. Like, wanting to take pictures with them, and this is your year, and this and that, and blah, blah, blah. It's just, whoo, karma. Emotional reactivity, the same problem that's going on in Dallas and Philly. Be proactive, don't be reactive. That's Maybe what you get. The Browns get. and Cowboys will just trade like Dak for Watson. Mm. Oof. 
He would fit well. Oh my god, he would self-destruct so hard in Dallas. That might be what take Jones out. It's that season. Jerry probably knows a good a couple of good uh, massage parlors for Deshaun to go to. It's fine. They've got one in that big-ass stadium, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Jones will probably massage him. <laughs> the cryptique room. Moving on. Uh, hi there, Deshaun. How are you doing today? <laughs> <laughs> Final game up here for the week. We have the Kansas City Chiefs, who are 11 and 6. They are at the Buffalo Bills, who are also 11 and 6. Buffalo is a three and a half point favorite at home. This will be the Kansas City Chiefs' first playoff game on the road. So, Scott, who are you going to take in this one? Uh, the Chiefs have learned how to win in ugly fashion. I feel like that game last week against the Dolphins was pretty impressive 26 to 7 of course the bills beating the steelers last week was no surprise but you can't take away the one shot that the nfl wants and that's travis kelsey with taylor swift on the fifth yard line with the fucking confetti going everywhere embracing each other in a super bowl victory they want that shot so the chiefs have to win i'm sorry josh allen you're going to be losing again it's the bills curse you can't win get taylor swag surfing on the 50 yard line they want it. Do they're salivating. They want it. Zoo, who do you want here? The Bills are a great team, but there's something about them playing the Chiefs in the playoffs which just never works out in their favor. Uh, so, yeah. Go with the Chiefs on that. I actually have something really funny to... I think... I don't think I sent this to you guys, but I was laughing when I saw this. Um, no, come back. Come back! All right. What if the Chiefs and Bills game goes into overtime? The Bills score a touchdown in the first possession. But because the Bills petitioned for a new rule where both teams possess the ball in overtime, the Chiefs get the ball, score, and win the overtime with the two-point conversion. Oh. <laughs> Is it too bad to root for that now? <laughs> well and what's even worse is that if you look at the opening lines on all these games the ravens are nine and a half point favorites the niners are nine and a half point favorites the Lions are six and a half point favorites they're only giving the bills two and a half so it's like it, it it's sad to say but i just don't see it in the stars for the bills right now that defense could really get on josh allen's nerves i think they will too i think legeria sneed is gonna caused some issues there with uh stefan Diggs. i mean shit tyreek hill got jammed into the earth by legerius sneed and even he had to give him some credit on social media after it happened uh damn this bill's team was impressive last week lost some you know a couple of good defensive players but not enough to i think really cause them too much issue versus a kansas city offense that you know it's up and down what you're going to get Short with them for them too in comparison. Yeah, and I like this I like this Bills crowd. I like the Buffalo crowd there. I'd like the home field advantage in this one. I think it's going to be a competitive ass game, but Josh Allen was on a tear last week. One of the more impressive runs I've ever seen by a quarterback to score a touchdown. And ultimately, I think they've got the magic in this one. I think they've got a good push to get to the AFC Championship finally. I think the Chiefs, they're running on fumes a little bit here. They 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 got a, you know, a warm weather loving Miami team at a really awful time for them. 
I'm going to take the Bills in this one to finally get over this hump and break past, get to the AFC Championship game against the Ravens. So, yeah, give me Buffalo. Give me Josh Allen. That's uh, that. Those are my Ricks versus Gricks for this week. It's going to be a fun weekend. It's ultimately going to be a very fun weekend. I'm excited to get to I'm it. I'm going to watch any of that. Oh, you're going to be. That's right. You got to travel. Damn, damn, damn. But we'll watch it. Won't we, Scott? Yes, we will. And I'll make <laughs> sure to make sure to fuckers fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but before we get out of here, something we talked about last week or you guys talked about last week was with all the big coaching changes, one of the biggest ones I think was um Alabama and Nick Saban retiring or allegedly retiring. I don't know how, exactly how much, you know, you can give it. I I personally still think that he might pop back up at some point. I don't know how I mean, he's only 72, but he was kind of a very spry 72. So that's that case there, but ultimately what wound up going on right after that show next day, Alabama finally hired a coach. They hired Washington's Kalen DeBoer. He just led Washington to a, you know, a full-on college football playoff national championship game i think he was the second choice because it seemed like oregon's dan lanning turned it down scott so i will ask you is kalen DeBoer, who i think is an impressive coach and especially with what he did with washington is he a better hire than dan lanning who turned them down and how hard is the saban legacy honestly going to be to live up to for DeBoer? Uh, the latter part of that question is the easier thing to answer. And that is one shadow that's going to be casted on you your whole life. Like, it doesn't matter how much he wins. It's always going to be going up against Nick Saban. And Nick Saban's a freak of nature. You know, he's just some alien who got dropped down on this planet and has been doing things in the college football world for years that no one has done. Nobody will ever re- replicate or anything like that. So I think that's one thing that especially the fan base in Alabama need to get through their head is that like, he's not Nick Saban. Nobody's Nick Saban. It's like what he did is different. Now, when you ask if Dan Lanning would have been the better hire, I don't feel like he would have been. I mean, Dan Lanning's only been a head coach now for two years. Grant, it's been at Oregon. He's had a lot of success up there. He went 10 and three last year, went 12 and two this year, went to the Fiesta bowl this year and won that. But Kalen DeBoer, I mean, he has a couple more years on him. You know, he started as head coaching at Fresno state. Um, had really great success there. And then the last two years in Washington, he went 11 and two and 14 and one in a Huskies team that a lot of people who from the outside looking in, when you think college football, you don't think Washington as far as being a, a, a powerhouse in the college football world. Um, I really hope the best for them, but they are currently hemorrhaging talent. You have people leaving the roster and going into the transfer portal now going left and right. And then you think about a lot of the other names that were kind of tied to him. You had Lane Kiffin that was tied long time, you know, under the tutelage of Nick Saban. Everyone thought he was going to leave Ole Miss to go there. He never ended up going. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian trying to leave Texas to go to Alabama, which didn't really make sense because they're going to SEC next year. Texas has very deep pockets. It's not like they can entice him. There's nothing more that Alabama can get him at that point. If anything, you're just going to tarnish your own potential. Um, resume by going to Alabama. Same thing with Dan Lanning. He has Nike money. Do you think he really wants to go to Alabama? He has his whole pick of the litter from all the kids in the West coast that he can grab if he wants to, he's not going to try to compete in the Southeast with anybody else. He can do whatever he wants. Um, 
But I think it just seems like it'd be a common thread that we've talked about. I think the biggest thing for Alabama right now is that fan base. You got to think all these, all these Alabama Crimson Tide fans that are around our age and younger are just like how the Patriots fan bases were. All they have known is success. They've never seen a losing season. They've never seen like nine and four or eight wins. That's when shit hits the fan. And given Kalen, a coach like Kalen DeBoer, the, the leash to like, okay, figure it out. Don't be reactive and just get rid of them after two years because that's just going to set you even further back. They didn't see Alabama when they were kind of str- struggling there like the 90s. And if you were to look at Alabama's social media, I'm happy to report to you, Nick Saban is alive. But the way that they've been posting about him, holy shit, you'd think the man died. <laughs> oh my god! Stuff on him on the sidewalk. Yeah, they yeah. were leaving him at the at the at the the statue and stuff like that they have down there in Alabama. They just leave him like boxes of oatmeal cream pies and like natty light and packs of cigarettes and all sorts of shit. And That's it's just very Alabama. <laughs> and then like they were even like they even saw like videos of like these kids chanting like we don't want Dabo and like all this stuff like they didn't want like Dabo's not leaving. Clemson to go to Alabama he's very cushy right there in South Carolina you are very happy that it that Mike Norvell wound up staying with FSU right because that was a hot Uh, rumor and he leveraged the shit out of it for a fat contract you know what and it's not even just him um because Mike Norvell's um agent um his name is what is it Uh, Jimmy Sexton he is the agent not only for Mike Norvell, he's the agent for like Dan Lanning and Nick Saban and Kalen DeBoer. He's the agent for all these people. So like if anyone won, he won because he was able to leverage all these new contracts and extensions for all these coaches, and he's getting a cut of everything. I think Mike Norvell was, falls in the same boat as Dan Lanning, though, is that he has been there for a couple of years now. He's really built that franchise back up to you know national prominence. And if anything – he, he's already gotten like five or six transfers from Alabama to come over to Florida State. So it's like he has Alabama players without having to go to Alabama. And and this kept it from getting you Coach Prime at Alabama. You oh didn't have to God. do, which just to close the loop here with RG3, that's who he was suggesting should go to the Dallas Cowboys so and be their head fucking, coach. So fucking stupid. No, because if you think about it, Alabama doesn't need Dion no. for anything. Mm-mm. Dion needs Alabama. That's why you were able to see a, a school like Colorado, who's kind of like one of those mid-major programs who would need a lot more help from a name like Dion to come in a head coach to get some more revenue to come in. Alabama doesn't need him, and they don't want that circus. No, they don't. But, hey, if you want a circus, folks, go to the 323 Network. Subscribe to that YouTube channel, and you can get this circus whenever you want. Plenty of us and plenty of our friends over on there. Subscribe to the 323 Network. I want to thank these two lovely, lovely, wonderful friends of mine here. Scott Elia, host of the 323 College Shame Day. We're going to see what we keep doing with that. I think we have some talk that we need to discuss with a, uh, a college basketball team. <laughs> uh, yep might want to see us around and it's a little bit of travel, but you know, shit. I mean, Hey, we, we can, we can, we can grace them with our presence at some point. Yeah. It's getting, it's, it's that time of year. I mean, Michigan won the championship, what, nine days ago. And 
there isn't any mention of it and everyone just moved on in this day and age it's just gonna be kind of quiet right now for a little bit so we do have a couple things in the works and some ideas bubbling on the stove as i like to say so we'll see what happens there you go and then over you are the animation deliberation podcast you can find it wherever you get podcasts or hey go to social media you need some photography done are you about to sell a house you need some actual quality real estate photography done this is the guy for you where can we find you zoo tell the people oh apparently i put up fireworks for this <clears throat> yeah check out uh, uprightexposures.com or upright exposures on instagram uh if you don't you know if you're not trying to sell houses in virginia but just want to look at sexy pictures of houses that is the place to do so Ooh, sexy. Don't kink, don't, don't, don't kink shame. Hey, now. Uh... Dude, I edited some fire photos today, and that sound is very appropriate for them. <laughs> <laughs> it's always appropriate with these two. Love having you guys here. Thank you so much. Again, go find us, the show. Find me at 323read on all the social media platforms, 323read. Patreon.com slash 323read. And of course, like I said, the 323 Network on YouTube. In the meantime, folks, enjoy your NFL playoff weekend. I'm going to go try and find Peacock from Mike Francesa. In the meantime, folks, stay safe. We'll talk to you later. I don't know what that is.